Welcome to Exhibition and Xbox Podcast, episode number 14. My name is Samuel Adams, and as you can see behind me, I'm really into Hades right now. I started playing it last night, and I'm roughly about six hours into the cycle of continually diving back into the depths and trying to climb my way out, only to be returned to my dad's house. Very good game, highly recommend checking out, and we'll talk more about that in a moment. Of course, this was a very big week in the world of Xbox, plenty of big Xbox Game Pass additions, but we do have a couple of more coming in the weeks ahead. On top of that, again, we're kind of easing our way into the fall release season and out of that E3 kind of hype season that we see during the summer. With that being said, a couple of big events on the way that are very Xbox-centric, including Gamescom and QuakeCon, so we'll talk more about those on today's show. And at the very last minute, it looks like the Battlefield 2042 technical test is only going to be on Xbox this weekend, and I'll give you the information on that as well. So without further ado, let's go ahead and dive into it. First off, let's talk about Hades. So this is a game that I have been wanting to dive into for a very long time. And of course, I do own a Nintendo Switch Lite, but I bought that system after the announcement that the game was coming to Xbox Game Pass. So I went ahead, held out, and waited until August the 13th, whenever the game did drop, uh, towards the middle of the night, as they tend to do, uh, and I actually jumped in about 12 hours later. So I started my journey in Hades. The storytelling is phenomenal, the voice acting is wonderful, and overall, Supergiant Games has absolutely knocked it out of the park once again. If you enjoy what they present in games like Bastion and Transistor, I personally think Hades is their best work yet. And I really want to talk about the overall personality uh, and the voice acting and the soul that is in this game. It really does have passion baked into every little element of it. There are so many intricate details, like whenever you dash, the candles go out, that are just decorating the level. On top of that, each individual character has a very unique personality uh, that is reflective of the Greek god that they're voicing, and I think that that does wonders for the storytelling, it does wonders for the atmosphere, uh, and you really get to know these characters, and you really get to see the relationship uh, between Hades and your character. That's something that I think is incredibly well done within the world of Hades. So, if you're looking for a new game to dive into on Xbox Game Pass, I highly recommend checking this one out. And even if you don't have Xbox Game Pass, it is a smart delivery game. So if you are somewhere in between generations or you have an Xbox One and an Xbox Series X or S, you buy it once, you play it anywhere. Fantastic benefit of diving in on the Xbox ecosystem. Uh, but this is absolutely going to be one that I sink my teeth into for a number of weeks at this point. It's one that I'm going to see through to the very end. Probably one of my favorite gaming experiences in 2021, and I totally understand why it earned so many accolades in 2020, 100%. On top of that, I also do want to mention a few other games that have been announced. We talked about them in the previous episode of the show, uh, but you have Luminous Remastered, of course, which is a fantastic puzzle game. Curse of the Dead Gods, which is a Dead Cells update, certainly worth checking out. Katamari Damacy Reroll, absolutely worth your time. In addition to the lineup, we also have Humankind, which is launching on day one with Xbox Game Pass for PC. This news comes from Megan Spur, community lead at Xbox Game Pass, who writes on the Xbox Wire. Quote, 
Many of you got a peek into gameplay during the closed beta last month, and I'm excited to announce that Humankind, the 4X strategy game from Amplitude Studios and Sega, will be available on PC on August the 17th with Xbox Game Pass. Humankind is a convergence of culture, history, and values that allows you to create a civilization that is as unique as you are. You'll be rewriting the entire narrative of human history, no pressure, from its humble beginnings in the Neolithic era as you set out to live the biggest mark, or excuse me, leave the biggest mark on the world. This is more than history, it's your story. So, this game looks very, very fun. Of course, you can check out the Humankind Lucy trailer, which is playing next to me right now. Uh, but in short, I think that it's very important for Microsoft to invest in these PC exclusive experiences because even these months later, as we are ramping up into the fall season, they still need to justify the value of Xbox Game Pass for PC as an a la carte service, uh, much more so than they need to continue justifying the value of console and of Xbox Game Pass Ultimate. Because the PC branch right now is arguably the weakest link in the Xbox Game Pass lineup. And I think that really focusing on bringing these experiences that are unique to PC, bringing these experiences that are uh, trying to cater to that specific audience is a very important element in benefiting that side of the ecosystem. Because in the same way that console players are getting games that are cherry-picked for that experience, uh, you also have to do that in some kind of way, shape, or form with the PC side of things. Additionally, I'll also say that it's nice to see games like Hades also coming to Xbox Game Pass for PC. I think that is incredibly beneficial because that's a major release on PC just as much so as it is on consoles. So with all that being said, Microsoft is moving in the right direction. I think that they are very wise in the way that they work, uh, and I think that they're doing fantastic work with Xbox Game Pass for PC by making these additions to the lineup. Now, does that mean that Humankind is going to be the next big Xbox Game Pass game on PC? Probably not, but it's nice to see that it's there in the same way that Microsoft Flight Simulator is there. Uh, it's a great addition, and it's out there if you do want to play it. In addition to those, I also want to touch on 12 Minutes. There's a fantastic interview with Willem Dafoe discussing the plot of the game, discussing the creation of the game, uh, but this is one that's coming to Xbox Game Pass on August the 19th, and it's one that I've been looking forward to for a very long time. Uh, if you're not familiar with 12 Minutes, basically it is a top-down narrative-driven story game, and it's kind of got a time element to it uh, where you dive in and you're kind of stuck in this continual time loop and you try to get out. Really interested to see how this one plays out. I've been following along with it for multiple E3s. And then, of course, we do have Psychonauts 2, which is a big August edition for Xbox Game Pass. So stay tuned for that one. I think it's coming out. Hold on. Psychonauts 2 release date. I think it's August. August the 25th. So you have 12 minutes on August the 19th. Psychonauts 2 on August the 25th. Of course, you had Hades on August the 13th, Luminous Remastered, Art of Rally, so many big games coming to the service. Uh, you're definitely getting your bang for your buck in the month of August, without a doubt. I've heard very good impressions of Psychonauts 2, I will say. So stay tuned, that's one that I'll be diving into. I really need to go back and finish the original Psychonauts, uh, but of course, as it tends to go, time does often get the better of me. And there are so many games to play, it's difficult to find the time to play them all. No matter what you want, no matter where you play, whether it be on PC, on mobile even, on console, there is 
an experience out there for you. Very exciting time to be playing on Xbox. Now, speaking of excitement, QuakeCon is on the way with three days of live streams, giveaways, charities, and more. This comes from Parker Wilhelm, content manager at Bethesda Softworks on the Xbox Wire, who writes, Beat the summer heat by staying indoors for three days of live streams, tournaments, giveaways, and more when QuakeCon 2021 begins on Thursday, August the 19th. Founded in 1996, QuakeCon has grown from a local gathering of Quake and id Software fans to one of the most distinguished festivals in gaming with North America's largest BYOC, Bring Your Own Computer LAN Party. Welcoming more than 10,000 gamers to Dallas, Texas, the annual event offers a wide range of activities including presentations, tournaments, panels, exhibits, exhibitions, same thing, and sneak peeks of Bethesda's upcoming titles and announcements. QuakeCon has always been about great games and great friends, but it's also about providing attendees with opportunities to donate, support, and help others through partnerships with numerous charitable organizations. While we can't be together in person this year, the show must go on. We're excited to reveal the full schedule for this epic community celebration, all of which you can enjoy from the comfort of your living room. The fun kicks off with a brief welcome at 2 p.m. Eastern Time on August the 19th, followed immediately by six signature panels with the developers behind the games you're currently playing and the ones you can't wait to play. Along with insights into these games, each of these signature panels will reveal new info, updates, and announcements, so be sure to tune into them all. And the schedule is as follows. Of course, you can check out the entire schedule, uh, but the big highlights are the Welcome to QuakeCon, a deep dive into Deathloop, Fallout 76, the making of Appalachia, your own, or I should say making Appalachia your own with Fallout Worlds. Then you have updates on Elder Scrolls Online. You have Doom Eternal studio updates and plenty of other streams from around the world, uh, including Pete Hines raiding dogs. So if you're into that, there you have it. Of course, on top of that, there are some free in-game goodies. You have the Doom Eternal QuakeCon Slayer skin, some ESO Twitch drops if you are watching along with the show, and Quake Champions skin as well. I do want to mention, I love Quake. I really, really do. And it's one of those arena shooters that in a way is up there with Halo in my mind. Quake does things so incredibly well. And I think Quake Champions is something that doesn't get discussed enough. Really, really fun game uh, that I believe is free to play if I remember correctly right now. Uh, so you can dive in and give that a shot. And then, of course, you do have the massive QuakeCon 2021 sale going on right now that is knocking a significant amount of money off of some of the biggest Bethesda games out there. Of course, notably Doom Eternal, which is included in Xbox Game Pass, is knocked down to $14.99, alongside Dishonored 2, which is $4.49. The Dishonored Death of the Outsider Deluxe Bundle is $8.99. Then you have all of the Doom games knocked down to as low as $1.49 for the original Doom and Doom 2. Uh, it's stuff like this that I absolutely love. It gives you access to some of the biggest games from the catalog, uh, and you should absolutely dive into many of these. Now, keep in mind, some of these, the majority, are on Xbox Game Pass, but for those that aren't subscribers, fantastic opportunity to get in, not only celebrate QuakeCon, but also celebrate the games that make QuakeCon what it is today. As if that wasn't enough for you, there's also the Gamescom 2021 Xbox stream coming very soon. And on top of that, Gamescom 2021 is its own big event. This is not something that is Xbox centric, 
but technically Xbox is going to be kicking off the show. This news comes from Sandro Odak, communications lead at Xbox, who says, quote, August is always a very special time for us at Team Xbox. This time of the year, we would normally pack our stuff and meet our fans and community in Cologne, Germany at Gamescom. This year, however, Gamescom will be a 100% virtual experience that you can tune into from all over the world. The good news is that Xbox will be at Gamescom 2021, and you can join with your very own front row seat as we share the latest updates and gameplay for some of the biggest games coming soon to Xbox. Here is an overview of what you can expect from us at Gamescom 2021. It all kicks off on August 24th at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. BST, 7 p.m. CEST to learn more about your biggest exclusive games lineup ever all before the actual show itself kicks off. This is before opening night live. It's going to be hosted by Paris Lilly and Cade Yeager. Very good duo there. And you can watch live on YouTube, Twitch, Facebook, gaming, Twitter, and in various sites around the world. You can also tune in. But overall, really impressive lineup here as far as kicking off the show. Uh, you know it's going to be big when Paris Lilly is involved. Of course, he's becoming a huge icon in the Xbox community, uh, so I'm looking forward to seeing what is coming. And of course, some Game Pass announcements are going to be included in that panel as well. Then there is Gamescom Opening Night Live and a Bethesda mainstream. As many of us gather virtually for the largest annual gaming event in Europe, Jeff Keighley will again be hosting Gamescom Opening Night Live, which as an aside, I will say is kind of like the end of the summer gaming events season for a lot of people. Uh, that's kind of how last year's Summer Game Fest was defined. And so as opening night live kicks off, the summer gaming news season begins to wind down and it kind of heralds us into the rest of the fall gaming season with Call of Duty and Battlefield and Halo Infinite and so many other big games that are on the way. But you can tune in to uh, Twitch, YouTube, tw uh, Facebook, Twitter, everything on August 25th at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. BST and 8 p.m. CEST to check out Gamescom opening night live. That's going to be a much more comprehensive overall gaming event, uh, not necessarily something that is just central to the world of Xbox. You'll probably get some Nintendo news, some PlayStation stuff, plenty of third parties. So there you have it. Tune in and get excited. In addition to all of this that's going on, you also have the Xbox Fan Fest event with an exclusive stream, plenty of stuff going down on the Xbox social channels, and you can save up to 75% during the Xbox Gamescom sale. And so you can check out games on Xbox consoles and Windows 10, as well as deals on these devices themselves if you're looking for a new piece of hardware to check up. Uh, now on Xbox Game Pass, you can check it out for $1 uh, for your first month. That's going to be a pretty big benefit for those that might not have gone in yet. Uh, but overall, Gamescom is a very exciting time of the year. It's not as big as an E3, but it certainly is not a small event either. It's definitely worth your time, and you can expect some pretty big news to come from it. So tune in. I will definitely be talking about it here on this show, and who knows, might make its own little video here and there. Uh, but certainly excited to check out more of Gamescom 2021 directly after QuakeCon. 
Very exciting time of the year to be into the world of gaming. Speaking of the big fall release season, I've talked in previous weeks about this kind of trifecta that we have brewing right now of first-person shooters, where you've got Halo Infinite bringing an arena kind of approach, you have Battlefield 2042 bringing a futuristic approach to FPS, and then you have Call of Duty Vanguard, which is going to be taking a World War II style approach according to recent leaks and rumors, and it seems those leaks and rumors are likely true because Call of Duty on Twitter released this kind of uh, tongue-in-cheek response to some leaks that happened earlier in the week uh, that does show this city that is being bombed, very much so a World War II kind of aesthetic, and we'll see if that does end up playing out. In addition to that, you also have the end of a Warzone match now reflecting not just your standard kind of escape, where everybody mounts a helicopter and flies off into the sunset, there's a sniper that takes out the last person up on the rope. Uh, she's got pigtails in the video that I saw. I'm not sure if that's something that is circulating out different characters, uh, but it does seem to be that Warzone is beginning to tease Call of Duty Vanguard. And not to bring my own opinion too much into this, but I just don't feel excitement uh, for this year's Call of Duty. Even with Battlefield, or excuse me, even with Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War last year, uh, it didn't quite bring that same level of excitement that a Call of Duty traditionally brings for me. And I did buy Black Ops Cold War, I did pick it up, play it for a few weeks, you know, on a regular basis, it was my main game for a while. But I'm not sure if it's the games themselves, or my interests are beginning to shift and my taste in games is changing. I'm just not into the Call of Duty as much anymore. I don't feel the Call of Duty, uh, you could say. And so as we look forward to Vanguard, I don't know that the community is as excited because it seems like there is now a consistent flow of new content from Warzone, and there is still that steady hum in the background from Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. And so it'll be interesting to see how this year's game fares in terms of sales, because now you have the classic World War II experience from Call of Duty, which does appear to be somewhat sniper-focused uh, in a lot of the marketing campaign. That is neither confirmed nor denied. But it does seem to be that you have the classic World War II approach that is going head-to-head -head with this very much so modern, slightly futuristic combat in Battlefield 2042. And then in the background, you have a massive Goliath in the free-to-play Halo Infinite multiplayer experience. When you put all of these head-to-head, -head, I don't know that Call of Duty is going to be as prepared this year as it has been in years past. So we'll see what happens with that. Uh, stay tuned. Of course, I will talk about any of the biggest information on each podcast as the week does drop plenty of news. Uh, but Call of Duty is going to be on the way. And right now, a lot of people are getting their hands on Battlefield 2042 because the technical test is officially on right now on PC and Xbox. But unfortunately, it was canceled on PS5 at the last minute due to a, quote, critical issue. This news comes from Video Games Chronicle, one of my favorite outlets for any kind of gaming information. But the PS5 test was called off at the last minute, they write, due to a, quote, critical issue related to the game build, DICE's lead community manager, Adam Freeman, said on Friday. The invite test only, or the invite only test, I should say, has been running on PC since Thursday, and invites are now going out to Xbox players who registered for EA playtesting, DICE's Freeman said. 
Quote, we've been testing our builds in the background on console ahead of the crossplay testing this weekend, he wrote on Twitter. We've already identified a critical issue with our submitted build on PlayStation 5 and have notified folks that we will not be testing on PlayStation 5 this weekend. Thanks to folks on PlayStation who initially signed up. Keep an eye on the EA Playtesting website for any future playtest we might do. Freeman added that DICE has had, quote, a great first 48 hours so far on PC, end quote, during the opening sessions of the technical test. Quote, we successfully tested our server scaling and got a lot of new positive data back from people stressing our closed network for the first time, he wrote. Thanks to everyone for jumping on so far. In a lot of ways, this Battlefield 2042 test is similar and almost identical uh, to what we saw with Halo Infinite. Now, of course, Halo Infinite's uh, test flight was not canceled on any platform, but it certainly didn't go smoothly at the beginning because there were plenty of hiccups. The uh, test flight itself was delayed by a couple of hours on console as well as PC. Uh, and so that's what these technical tests are for. If Battlefield 2042 had launched and not done a technical test, uh, could you have imagined if PlayStation 5, or on the flip side, if Xbox even, uh, had been completely and totally unplayable? Uh, that would have been an issue. And so these investigations, these testing periods, that's why they do them, uh, to make sure that these games are ready for prime time. And so clearly, Battlefield 2042 has a bit of a ways to go in terms of stability, especially on the PlayStation side of stuff right now. But if you are an EA Play tester, uh, dive in, check it out, and you can get your hands on one of this year's biggest first-person shooters. I'm personally very excited about this one. And I saw my friend Luke Lore, who is at Ghost on Twitter, uh, pose a very big question that I think he's going to be discussing on his podcast this week. And that is, what happens if Battlefield does get delayed? Because obviously, uh, there's a big conversation right now around Battlefield 2042 and the value that it provides in a world where free-to-play games are so abundant. Uh, and after the lackluster performance of Battlefield 1 and Battlefield 5, what happens if Battlefield 2042, because of its $70 price tag for a multiplayer-only game, uh, what happens if that turns out to be uh, kind of a, a bad move for the team behind the scenes? What if that turns out to be something uh, that is such a big price factor, that is such a big uh, you know, proponent that's holding back players from just diving into the game, that it harms the community overall and that it ends up costing them in sales. And so if the game is delayed to create some kind of free-to-play element, uh, that could be something that changes the entire uh, way this release season is shaping up. Now, do I think Battlefield 2042 is being delayed? Uh, I would say there's probably like an 80-20 chance to it launching, to it getting uh, postponed, but I think that could apply to any game. Uh, you know, with COVID continuing to impact development cycles and communities and teams around the world, it's not beyond the realm of reason to think that something as big as this year's Call of Duty or this year's Halo could be delayed. Uh, I think that that is something that would not shock me, probably wouldn't shock the majority of people at this point as the Delta variant continues to grow and kind of expand its impact. Uh, but right now, it seems like everything is still on track. We will we'll continue uh, to monitor the situation. But very exciting release season coming up for first-person shooter fans uh, with Battlefield, Call of Duty, Halo all going head-to-head. 
and it looks like they are ramping up those little teases along the way. Some news is probably coming at Gamescom, I would assume. Maybe some Call of Duty reveals. That kind of makes sense. I could see something happening on opening night live. And of course, at the event itself, at Gamescom, hopefully we'll get some kind of Halo Infinite release date. We've got to. We need that. Come on. It's it, it's now halfway through August. We've got to get a release date. Please. To round out today's show, I do want to talk about a comment that Phil Spencer had during an interview earlier this week where he said, quote, Our strategy is not to just go be like someone else. This comes from an article on Pure Xbox called Xbox Wants to Do Something Different to Other Platforms, explains Phil Spencer. Really interesting games radar interview here where they say, quote, Spencer pointed out that he sometimes gets asked about games on other platforms. Over the years, many people have requested to see the platform's take on The Last of Us formula, for example, and similar games of that ilk. According to Spencer, this is not something that interests the team. Quote, our strategy is not to just go be like someone else. I get a push sometimes of where is your version of this or that game. I've been in this industry for a long time. I have a ton of respect for creators on all platforms, and I know many, many of them. But it's good if we're doing something different than what other platforms are doing. We're not in the business of just trying to create a green version of somebody else's blue or red colored platform. That's not the example of creativity that I want to see in the games industry, end quote. Really interesting quote here because for a lot of people, they look to the games catalog that a company is presenting and they try and create some kind of comparable comparison. Uh, for instance, whenever you see PlayStation All-Stars Battle Royale, you see that as PlayStation's version of Super Smash Bros., which is exactly what it was. Uh, whenever you look at Forza, uh, Motorsport specifically, that is Microsoft's version of Sony's Gran Turismo. That is the kind of comparison a lot of people try to bring. And even if you look at Microsoft and Nintendo, uh, Ukulele, Banjo-Kazooie, these are Microsoft entities that are similar in nature to what you would get from a Mario or that kind of platformer. Uh, so when you take these considerations, there are certainly similarities. And in the past, these companies have certainly gotten inspiration from others in the industry. And we talk about that a lot on this podcast because competition uh, breeds innovation. And so whenever you have these companies, it would be foolish to say they don't get inspiration and they don't get ideas from what others are doing. Uh, whenever you see what happened last generation with the PlayStation 4 being able to just accept any kind of disc and share games easily, Microsoft saw that, reversed their decision for DRM, and allowed games to be shared openly and freely. These companies are iron sharpening iron, and that's what's happening. But it's very important for a company to define their mission and do something unique as compared to the competition going forward. They have to be headstrong in their approach. And we've talked about this before, and I'll bring it up again. You see all three main companies, Sony, Microsoft, and Nintendo, all taking three individual approaches. PlayStation is taking their traditional approach where you simply have very well-created, narrative-driven experiences like God of War, like The Last of Us, like Uncharted, all coming together and defining PlayStation as the place to play narrative-driven games. Then, 
You have Nintendo focusing on their very strong first party lineup. You have Mario games, you have Sonic games, which are not really first party, but they're in my mind associated primarily with Nintendo. Uh, But if you want to even take that out of the equation, you have Mario, you have Zelda, you have Mario Kart, and you have plenty of that. Uh, And Nintendo is very good at focusing on those entities that they have and making the most of them. Then you have Microsoft, which is totally flipping the formula and focusing on creating this subscription-based ecosystem uh, that gives you access to some pretty big exclusives. You know, I'm thinking about Halo Infinite. Even outside of that, I'm thinking about partnerships with EA Play. And so each of these companies is bringing something unique to the table, which I think is very, very good. And so that goes back to the quote, our strategy is not to just go be like someone else. That is something that makes me excited to be a fan of Xbox, and on top of that, I want other companies to take that approach as well, uh, which I think is exactly what we are seeing this generation. I would go so far as to say that this is the first generation where I think each individual company is doing something that is entirely unique. Uh, This is the most individualistic generation in gaming to date, and that gets me pumped uh, for the future, and I hope you are excited as well. But that wraps up this week's episode of Exhibition and Xbox Podcast. If you enjoyed today's show, drop me a like down below if you are watching on YouTube. And on top of that, subscribe on your platform of choice in the world of podcast. I'm out there on just about everything. Spotify is my personal preference. But let me know where you are listening. And of course, you can follow me on Twitter at JamPackSam to stay up to date with everything happening throughout the week. Uh, But I'm going to go play more Hades, and I'll talk to you guys next time. Thanks for watching.